You know, that the song, that end song there, it's your breath in our lungs. He, he controls all of us. He controls every bit of this. I'm back there singing, and I want to I just scream. And I'm thinking, well, i gotta, I got to get up here and preach twice. I don't want to lose my voice. And then I'm thinking, listen, you know that. He knows that already. He will give us exactly what we need. Y'all, when we're in here worshiping, imagine we got forever to do that. We're going to be around His throne. Who knows what heaven's going to be like? We'll see Him face to face one of these days. We're going to get there. Many have gone on. We're still here. One of these days we'll see Christ face to face and we will be known and we'll know Him for who He is. Can you just imagine what it's going to be like? If you've got your Bibles, go with me over to 1 John. Finishing up pretty much 1 John this morning. Um, I hope that you enjoy reading God's Word. I hope that you just continue to read God's Word. We've got uh, next week, we'll probably going to be reading, um, reading the end events of Jesus' last couple of hours there on, the, on earth. For the next couple of weeks, we'll read that over and over. And then after Easter, we'll go somewhere different. But just continue to internalize continue to allow the spirit of god to take his word as you as you read yes what we're reading as you read other portions and passages in the scripture allow god's word to go deep inside of you and to just spend time spend time with your father spend time with in you know, we got that phone, and, and you got your Bible on your phone. I, I do that a lot now. I'm reading the Bible on the phone a lot now. Seems like I keep the phone too often in my hand. Like, why not just go over there to the Bible and, and read it? Guys, take the Word and bury it. The Word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. This morning, we're over in what I think is is a really exciting portion in this section of scripture we're in first john chapter five and we get to a passage that's you know for us as believers guys this is comfort this is confidence this is a peace that surpasses all understanding and knowing without a shadow of a doubt that jesus is our lord is Lord. Jesus is my Lord, my Savior. Jesus is my God, my hope. Look at chapter 5, verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Think about that for a second. These things, all of this, this entire book that we've been reading, and you say, well, well, how do you know he's just talking about that? Well, just listen, don't turn, but just listen to exactly what John says over in John, the book of John, chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. It says, therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written to you that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. You realize that there are a lot of people that are there are a lot of people that hope they're saved. You ask them a, a conversation, you want to 
You want a good conversation starter with somebody around you? You want to have a gospel conversation starter? Ask them, hey, I got a question for you. If something were to happen to you today, if something were to happen to you, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? That's a good conversation starter. It's not a churchy conversation. It's not a Bible thumping them on the head. You're not calling them a sinner. You're not calling them bad things. You're just simply asking them a question. You're saying, hey, if something were to happen to you, do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? And the answer that a lot of people give is, I hope I do. I think I do. Maybe. Some people will even say, well, not really. I I don't really know. And this verse right here is a jumping point that you and I can have with people to have a conversation with those around us that we love, that we care for, to say, look, here's, well, let me tell you what the Bible says. You know, you sit there and you say you hope so. You sit there and say you, you think you do or, or, or you really don't know. Well, the Bible says with absolute certainty that you and I can know what's going to happen to us. We can know. You know, there may be some even in this room right now. Maybe it was how you were raised. Maybe it was the belief you had. Maybe it was what parents taught you or people taught you or pastors taught you or through the denomination or whatever. I don't know. Through something you read or heard. And you say, well, you you still say, I hope I'm saved. How do you struggle? How How do you deal with this? These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. What did Jesus come to do? Jesus Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Messiah. He starts out in verse over here, what what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, and what we've looked at and touched with our hands concerning the Word. And this life was manifested, and we have seen and testified and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Jesus came to this earth. For a purpose, we know he came on mission. He didn't come for no reason. He didn't come because God needed us. No, he came to redeem back to God a people. He came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And it says these things we have written. John's like this, all I've written, I've written every bit of this. You that believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know. You know, the Bible says you can know with absolute certainty. You can know with absolute certainty that you're a Christian. You know, that's why I ask the question a lot of times. I, I'll start many different ways. Are you a Christian? I hope so. You know, the Bible says you can know so. If you died today, do you know where you're spending eternity? I hope so. Do you know the Bible tells you that you can know so? The Bible says we can know without a shadow of a doubt that we have eternal life because of our faith in Christ, because of what Christ has done for us. Go up a few verses. Look at verse 11. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. It's very simple. Very simple. It's the test all through 
all through this text, all through these five chapters are tests over, over. Look over, look over 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Look there with me. Take your Bible. Turn over to 2 Corinthians 13. Paul here is to the church of Corinth. It's a very bad situation there. It's horrible. You could almost say it looks like America. Actually, what's going on in Corinth in the time and in the text and the context of the day would really even make Americans blush. It was hardcore. But over in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 5, Paul writing here to the church of Corinth says this. He says, test yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail the test. You're like, you got to examine yourself, examine your heart. You say, I think I'm a believer. No, we can know it. Examine yourselves. Is, is Christ there? Is the fruit of the Spirit there? Is, is your first inclination flesh in me? Or is your first desire to, to honor God, to walk in obedience? Go back over to 1 John. What is the test? All through 1 John is the test. All through this book of 1 John are tests. Look at chapter 2. Let me ask you. 1 John chapter 2. You've read this over and over and over. Look at verse 3. 1 John 2, 3. Reminding, remember these things I've written to you so that you can know. You can know. Look at verse 3. By this we know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commandments. Is keeping His commandments a desire of yours? Is walking in obedience to his word a desire of yours? Or is it a last thought? See, here's the deal. I can't, we can't sit there and just blanket statement. Every person in attendance is a believer because you're in attendance. Because nowhere in here does it say. You know what nowhere is found in chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5 of 1 John Listen, if you have perfect attendance of church or really good attendance in church, you're a believer. Hey, if you've, if you've been baptized, you're a believer. Hey, if you sing in a choir and raise your hand in worship, great are you, God. You're a believer. Nowhere does that in that book. But do you want to keep His commandments? Look at verse 6. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Is that you? The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. It's a test. Examine yourselves. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you can know. But here's the deal. 
There's fruits. There's, there's, a, there's an outpouring of the Spirit that manifests itself when you and I live in obedience to His Word. We follow His commands. We walk, we walk like He walked. Look at verse 10. The one who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Do you love your brother? We've talked about every one of these things over the last several weeks. Loving his commandments, walking as he walks, loving others. Look at look at chapter, look at keep look at verse 15. Look at what it says. It says, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Guys, we're to be hanging on to this stuff lightly. Money don't save us. Stuff don't save us. Names and prestige and degrees and influence and power and, and, and all of that. That's not going to get us that doesn't save you. But the world says, get this and you'll be happy. No, he is happiness. Get this and you'll be satisfied. No, all satisfaction is in Christ. Get what this world has to offer and you will be complete. No, he is full completion in Christ. He's everything. Come on down. Look at chapter, look at verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone also who practices righteousness is born of him. The word practices. Remember, weeks ago, we all sinned. Every single one of us sinned. Look at verse 8 of chapter 1. If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Look at verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We are sinners. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. We've all messed up, period. There's none of us sinless. But it's a practice. It's a, it's a habitual bent toward that which does not please God is our first step away or toward. Is our first step to walk in obedience or disobedience? Do we regularly find ourselves in His... Listen, conviction is not getting caught. Because we're caught. Conviction is not getting caught, and I feel bad. Oh, I feel bad. My parents caught me. The police caught me. The tax man caught me. Her husband caught me. I've been caught. I am. I did a bad thing. I feel bad for doing and being caught. That's not conviction. That's being caught. God sees us all the time. He sees every act. For a person to habitually, constantly pattern away from God, pattern toward things that do not please God. It's a test. Examine yourselves. We've got to look at our lives. Do they meet these tests? Look over and look on down. Chapter 3. Look at chapter 3. Verse 16, 
We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our life for our brethren. Is that you? Is that the type of person you are? Are you, this is mine, and I'm going to take care of me and mine, and he got a deal for himself, and I don't care what, what happens to her or him or them or they, as long as I'm okay, as long as me is the center of me world, that's all that matters. That's the two options, other-focused versus me-focused. That's the test. Look at verse 17. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brothers in need and closes his heart, Against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but indeed in truth. Is that who you are? That's a test. Examine your life, not based on those around you, not based on what what somebody else is doing. No, base your life and test your life according to the word of God. And let the Spirit of God, you simply say, Lord God, am I loving like I should? Lord God, am I loving others like I should? Lord God, do I close my heart to people? When I see people hurting, do I close my heart? When I see people in need, do I close my heart? They need to get a job. That's what they need to do. They need to get to work. That's what they need to do. I worked for mine. Nobody gave me nothing. I earned every, everything I got I worked for. They need to get to work. I ain't giving them that. Is that you? Guys, let me ask you something. How in the world can a Christian even say those things? Because every single one of us are, are one little brain bubble bleed away from drinking through a straw at best. One little brain bubble bleed. And we're a vegetable. And we think we something. Examine yourselves. Look at verse 23. This is his commandment. That we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ. And love one another. Just as he commanded us. Look at verse 2, chapter 4, verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that is coming and now is already in the world. Is Christ who he says he is? I'm not saying, here's what I'm not saying, is that what you've always thought? Is that what you believe? We're not talking about mental ascent through any of this. We're not talking about knowing facts and figures and being able to, to spit truths. It's being able to apply. Is our lives applying, not perfectly, but you know, I wish I could help everybody, don't you? I wish I could take care of them folks sitting on, on every corner holding up a brown sign. I'm no better than that man. 
or that woman or that boy or that girl. I'm no better. <laughs> yeah, but he was dropped off there that morning and lives in a two-story house and his wife dropped him off in a pink Cadillac. Is that our first thoughts? Examine yourselves. Look at verse 21, chapter 4, 21. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Look at verse back over to 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. That's what John's talking about when he says in verse 13, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to hope. We can know. We can know that Christ has transformed us. We can know that we're different because of Jesus. We can know that the most precious thing we have is him knowing us, us being His Son, chapter 3, verse 1. Us being loved by Him. That knowledge, that confidence, that calm assurance is the most important thing you have. It's more important than your spouse. It's more important than your children. Knowing Christ is more important than your family. Knowing Christ is more important than having health and having peace with your brethren and having finances and having all this stuff. Knowing Christ is more important than anything else that this world has. Period. There's nothing compares. Look over. Look at Matthew chapter 13. Jesus here is teaching in parables. He gives two parables here. Let's speak to this point. Chapter 13 of Matthew, beginning in verse 44, it says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. That's all that matters. He sells everything he has and goes and buys that field because that field is where that one hidden treasure is. Look at the next verse again. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking for fine pearls and upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. It was all that mattered. 
It was the most important thing that he had. He got rid of everything else. And the only thing that mattered to him was that pearl of great price. Guys, the only thing that we have that matters, our pearl of great price, is Christ Jesus. Our pearl of great price, our treasure is Christ. He is all satisfying. He is everything we need. He is all that we need. Period. Everything else, everything else can be sold and can be gotten rid of, but that is all that matters. If you if something were to happen to you today, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? If Christ is your treasure, then the calm assurance and the peace that you have is, is He is your hope and He is your life and He is your... Yes, I know Him. I know Him as Savior. I know Him as Lord. I know Him. I have surrendered my life to Him. He is all, all satisfying. Not just for this life, but for eternity. I pray that you know Him. I pray that you have, that you, when you examine your life, when you examine, not, not in comparison to the world around us, but when we examine it in light of the truth of God's Word, we don't fail the test. Not that we're perfect. Not that we, not that we love infinitely like He loves and serves infinitely like He. Not that we are sacrificial like Him completely. No, but that, that, that we try. That we care. That we want to. That there's a desire. That, that it's, an, it's an overwhelming desire to obey. It's an overwhelming desire to love. It's an... It's an it's a driving force of who we are. It's not a, oh, I got caught, I'm in trouble, I need to go, let me go get back. Or, oh, I'm sick, I need to go to God. Oh, the doctor said I got cancer or mama's dying, let me go to God. No, he's all that we have. Remember, he's our treasure, period. And life is just happening. We're going through life and stages and phases and acts are played out all the time. And through ups and downs, the roller coaster of this life, he is our treasure. Pray that you know him. Father God, we stand before you as women, boys, and girls who are at a loss of words when it comes to thanking you for your goodness and thanking you for your mercy and your long suffering and your. Jesus, we thank you for the sacrifice you made there on the cross of Calvary. You died for me. My sin deserved it. That should have been me, but you took my place and you exchanged you exchanged your righteousness for my filth. You took 
You took my filth. You took my sin. You took my rebellion. You took all the times when I knew I should have and I didn't. And when, when I know I shouldn't be and I did it anyway. You took all of that and you bore it on the cross of Calvary. And you took the punishment I rightfully deserve. And for that, I simply, humbly say thank you. And I simply, humbly praise you. You didn't stay dead. They buried you and you didn't stay dead. You rose again on the third day and you were seated. You ascended back to the Father. You have seated. You're seated at the right hand, interceding, God. Help us, Lord, to walk in obedience. Thank you for your spirit of promise. You didn't leave us as orphans. No, you sent us your spirit to go with us, to guide us, to direct us, to lead us into all truth, to to lead us and to be your hands and your feet, God. We want to serve you. We want to honor you. We want to live for you. We want our lives to count and to matter for you, King Jesus. We We don't want to make anything of ourselves. Lord, we are nothing. You be high and lifted up. Make us little. You be big. God, we surrender our lives to you. We thank you the calm assurance, that peace of knowing without a shadow of a doubt that Christ has it is finished you did it Jesus because of you we are the beneficiaries of that great obedience that great love we stand in your presence humbly yet boldly before your throne giving you the praise that you deserve God, I pray that there's not anyone in this room that's still hoping. God, they all know. Lord, if there's one that's still hoping or wondering, Holy Spirit of God, draw them to yourself. Let them just simply with childlike faith put their their lives in the hands of Christ. Let him take over. We give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.